and welcome to Gab and Jam episode 122. All right. And this episode is a little different. Uh, we've done something similar to this before. But that's why I'm not playing any music at the beginning. That's why he's not playing any music at the beginning. All right. This is what we call our Rockstar Rewind Quarantine Edition. Okay. Um, and all we wanted to do was share with you, um, we've uh, made a couple different partnerships during this time, which is really unusual. But uh, again, it's a gift and it's a benefit of us continuing to network even though uh, we're isolated. Right. Uh, we've been doing social media and interacting. We did our first guest live stream interview with Grove Studios. Yeah. Um, and they run a rehearsal space, a podcast, and now a live live stream virtual coffee house. Yep. And Ypsilanti. In Ypsilanti, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Eric, Rick, and Max. Yes. Um, and they feature independent artists and share the creative process. So they asked us to be on it. Yeah. What you're going to see below is just a little bit of the hour and a half long interview. We don't want to put the whole thing, but we'll put the link below in case you do want to see the entire thing. Yeah. Um, and I, we also have links to the songs that were yes. in there. So, yes, you know, for the videos, so that, are the videos that are in there. Yeah. So, so that you can go right to those videos and check them out. So you understand why I'm not playing music now. All right. We're live. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Sunday edition of Grove Sessions. I'm excited once again uh, for the Projippy Music Group to come through and talk about uh, all the great things that they're doing. Uh, they have a, a lot of amazing stuff going on, and we're really excited to hear about one thing that strikes me when I watch you guys and just your music content alone is how much fun you guys seem to be having. Well, that's is, the uh, thing. Is that is that an accurate statement? Do you guys have fun? That's the number one thing. Uh, I, it it also seems like you guys really like each other too. So <laughs> so from a pr professional standpoint, that's probably good too, right? Right. Uh, so t tell us a little bit about that song. I mean, uh, for me, the foundation for a lot of stuff that we do, I think, really starts with funk. So um, that was, you know, a huge influence on me kind of growing up early on. You know, I was influenced by Sly and the Family Stone. So that's Larry Graham, you know, Lewis Johnson, all those great bass players that, that kind of came up in the 70s. So, you know, a lot of our songs starts off for me with a bass group. Mm -hmm. And so, and, you know, that's similar with that one. And, you know, and a lot of times, I think for me with production, um, I feel like the less I have to do as far as, you know, making tracks sound good, mm -hmm. you know, the better or the easier it is for me to produce it. So mm -hmm. the first thing I like to start off with is make sure that I can get each track to be as clean as possible, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that you're getting good tight bass line, guitar lines, everything else. So that then all that separation stuff, it just tends to work itself out mm -hmm. a lot easier than trying to correct stuff in the mix. But so for that song, again, it's like, it's just really, it's really just the funk, you know I mean? It's, it's like, um, for me, it, it kind of begins and ends there. And then, you know, you kind of can always throw the rock stuff there. And, yeah. We're not the first ones to do that. You know, the Isley Brothers, yeah. George Clinton, Prince, some of everybody is kind of mixed it together that same concoction. And it's just, it's to me, it's, it's just a winning combination. You know, it, it always makes me feel good. It always makes me feel at home. 
And, you know, and I know a lot of times that type of funk music, it's kind of like a dinosaur today. Yeah. But again, one of the privileges of why Rockstar. Rockstar is the fact that, you know, you are your own patron. Mm-hmm. And so you can say, I'm going to put out the music that I want to hear. Yep. I don't know how many other people want to hear it, but that's you know, not my concern right now. <laughs> the main thing is that I'm going to put it out. I love it. And hopefully I'll find other people that also love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. And I, I also love, you know, funk music and, and but being a DIY uh, rock star, how much do you guys act? Did you guys actually do like, as far as the recording process and the mixing and the mastering and the, and the video, um, how much did you guys do? Is that all you guys? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that was our first performance video. So um, <laughs> we're learning on the fly. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and that's the thing too. It's sort of like if you go through the catalog of songs that we put out, I I would say one thing I'm not is a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I probably um I probably err on trying to get content out Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, getting it out there in the public and and not necessarily on perfection, because sometimes if you wait for perfection, you'll never get to it. Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah, and and you'll never get to where you need to be. So sometimes you just have to just take that chance and put something out there um, and, you know, and then grow on the next project. It's called Done is the New Perfect. That is, (laughs) I like that. Yeah. So. I think that's really good advice. Uh, you know, we, we could all probably find a, a story in the music business of, you know, the, the album that took 10 years or, or, or whatever the case may be, right? Uh, yeah. 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 And, and it's sort of like, you know, the, the longer you kind of wait on stuff, uh, you can always find something that's wrong with it. Yeah. A reason to second guess it, you know? And so at some point in time, you just have to say, you know what, I'm just going to put it out. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that, you know, I've made certain mistakes, I will learn fix it next time. Yep. And you know, the next one will be even better. better. Yep. So. Do you, uh, do you ever go back to some of your older content and, and, and pull it because you think, well, that's, that's not really what I want to have out there anymore. Or, or do you just kind of let it ride? I was about to say, I was about to say, I was just about to update that video. I just (laughs) performance video and I'm not happy with it. You see, I threw every effect (laughs) that ever was known to me because I was just learning and I've done it. It, I I thought about doing it again, but the time just grew short and I'm like, I'm not going to put that pressure on myself. We're going to see all the warts and we'll just work our way through it. Yeah, I I think it looked great. Um, you know, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you guys, um, do everything yourselves and, and at such a high quality, you know, that's what I've been striving for, uh, in my own career for like the past 10 years, you know, um, but the, the mixing and mastering and, and the music and the recording quality, I'm like super impressed with how long have you guys been doing that? Forever. Right. Um, <laughs> when we met um in 1986 we were uh, he was recorded before i met him and we were both writing songs so it started then yeah, yeah. i mean you know it goes all the way back we had like the old Tascam cassettes four track cassettes yep. then moved up from that to the Tascam reel to reel tsra yep. after that we had the adats mm-hmm. um you know on into you know finally switching over to DAWs, um, 
you know, not too long ago, I was using um, Cakewalk for um, for the PC, and I say about 2013, I switched over to Logic. So mm-hmm. that song was done in Logic Pro. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. and, and then it's been a lot of trial and error. So yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, it's again, it's it's been a lot of the growth process. And whereas when I was younger, you know, kind of being lazy. <laughs> doing tracks, knowing that done well, it wasn't sounding the way I wanted it to sound, then trying to fix it in the mix and all the rest of that kind of stuff. It's, I just learned over time, and really, it's been trial and error. And just we got the track, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's the performance that you put forward, too, right? And, uh, you know, I, I can definitely hear that, um, you know, in the music, you know, the, the performances are spot on. Something I wanted to ask about, too, um, on your YouTube channel, you guys uh, do some unboxings and you get, you kind of get techie a little bit about some of the gear that you're using. Uh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh Vox Lab and Bruce. Is he, is he the techie one in the, in the, in the pair? Does he peek out with the rest of us? I always feel like I'm not, I'm not techie enough. So again, that's, that's about, you know, even though you feel like you have certain deficiencies, that you kind of have to say, you know, forget it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So a lot of times, you know, I'm, you know, I do a lot of stuff based on feel mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I don't necessarily know the EQ ranges where the bass is supposed to fall at in the EQ and where the guitar is supposed to fall at in the EQ range and technically how that stuff works out. And so I, I don't know sometimes when I'm doing unboxing, if I'm techie enough for that market, you know, but at the same token, it was like either you're going to try to be something you're not or you're going to be who you are. Yeah. And so, you know, people like me buy gear and they want to know about it. Yeah. And so let's put it out there. Yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. again, it's always about trying to make sure that you're at least just getting your content out there. And being yourself. And that you're being yourself, yeah. you know. about but, but take us back a little bit to the origin story because I think people would be curious well, um, like she was saying before, is um, I was recording at a friend of mine's studio, and I was looking for to add some female vocals mm-hmm. to the tracks that I was doing. And so um, I had added a, a female vocalist to one track, and then I had another track that I had coming up, and I wanted to get a different feel for it. And so a friend of mine brought, you know, box over to my house, <laughs> um, and um, a friend of mine, he had actually a great uh, saxophone player around the city of Detroit by the name of Alan Day. Yeah, shout out to yeah, Alan Day. Alan Day that's the boy. You know, he, he brought her by. And, um, you know, and, and we worked on the song together. Uh, we had a couple of telephone conversations. Yeah. Um, His mom liked me, and he was, he was, um, he was weirded out by that, but uh, that's the important part. Mom's got to like you, right? Well, mom doesn't <laughs> like anybody, so. <laughs> That was he was like, what is going on? So yeah, yeah. yeah. that was that was the unusual part. Yeah, but yeah. So once we kind of you know started working together, we started you know I started working on a couple of songs that she had written, and then after a while we started kind of collaborating. You know uh, where you know she would write lyrics, I'd write you know music. We do music lyrics, all the kind of stuff together, and it just kind of evolved over time. You know we went through a period of time where we were doing like house and techno. Oh, Oh boy. You know, during the 90s. Yeah. I think we've always kind of had 
bit of that DIY spirit. A lot of it because of the fact you didn't get the record. Deal. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Quit the music business. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, so so a lot of it was never you know landing that record deal that wanted us for us. We landed some deals, right. but they it's when we presented this rap thing and we got signed to this. Um, thing and then we did the house music thing and we released a couple of records and that was great in the moment but we couldn't follow it up because that wasn't our heart yeah so yeah so yeah we've had like opportunities but they weren't the opportunities that let us be us right yeah yeah because that's at at the end of the day that was always the tough part is that if you're pretending to be something that you're not it's very difficult or at least it was very difficult for us to come up with product consistently yeah and then you know i'd I'd say somewhere in the mid 90s we kind of just made a commitment that we're going to be ourselves and i would say probably circa 1999 or so we worked on an album that was just all bass yeah you know it was Mm -hmm. yeah i used like my 78 fender jazz bass and we did this album kind of a jazz album and we released it on mp3.com that's when that was a thing. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we ended up getting an article in um, Bass Player. And that became the impetus for us starting to look at, you know, maybe there's a way to use the internet mm-hmm. to further what we needed to do. But, you know, it kind of took us almost 20 years yeah. to get to the point where we are now, yeah. where we've taken more of a holistic approach to what we do. I was about to say, four years ago, um, our kids were talking about uh, YouTube and how they want to be YouTubers. And we were like, ah, that makes no sense. That's not a career. And um, I know for me, my mom passed suddenly. And after that, I'm like, when are you going to live your dreams? When are you going to do what you want to do? Right. You know, we've been sitting all these years, you know, going to 10, 30 people, you know, hey, can you sign us? And after a while, it's like, you know what? YouTube is there. It's free. You just need to sign up for an account. So do that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of how we're like, OK, well, if you do YouTube, you might as well do a podcast. Podcast is nothing but the video stripped out. And then blog, we were kind of I was always writing anyway. We had a zine before. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we just kind of combined everything. And then with the music licensing and we would always been um, releasing music. So. Yeah. So now we're just a little bit more, um, I guess we get it out a lot quicker. We get it to more people, you know. So yeah. there were some things that you you learned, um, whether they be technical or just in terms of, you know, just general attitude and, and you know, finding uh, finding your followers, getting people to notice what you guys are putting out. I realize people don't buy your music. They buy who you are. And I think that's where I was dying to get in the video when we were trying to get, you know, people to shoot videos for us and all that. And after a while, it's like, okay, just sit in front of the, you know, the camera and and figure this out. They buy you and then they buy your music. We have more people interested in our music now than we ever have. We used to, you know, send out a CD or whatever. And now it's like they want to hear our music because they like who we are. They're tuning in every week for whatever, you know. So you really hit on that. It's that, and then that's something I think I missed a lot when I was younger is that music is part of a cultural experience that, you know, um, it's kind of part of our whole cultural fabric. So to kind of think about your music in a vacuum, you can't do that, Mm -hmm. you know, is that people kind of, they attach to like the people who made the music, they attach to who you are. Yeah. And, and that comes across in the music. And the more you kind of let people see that, the more they have more of a connection to the music. 
And so, I, especially during this period of time, mm-hmm. I think you, you have more of that opportunity. So, like with people doing more of these intimate kind of performances that yeah. they're able to do, they're doing it in their houses. And now you're kind of seeing, oh, this is the kind of the way they live. Mm-hmm. And it, you feel like you're a little bit more closer to the artists than you were before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is tough with the live performance part being gone. But I think that's the way that you can kind of tap into something because now you can have this one-on-one kind of connection with individuals, which you couldn't quite get in that concert set. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes that makes a ton of sense. Build community more. Yeah. We never were networkers, quote unquote, because you know, being introverts and being artists, and now we're starting to learn, like with our Facebook groups and. And, you know, now we were actually going to conferences like South by Southwest and Gear Fest and things. So we actually are meeting people and enjoying, you know, connecting up with people. And we realized that that's something we never had before. So that's another thing that that the more you radiate out and we share other people's things that they're they want to share our things. Not that we we don't ask them in exchange, but. Yeah, but it's just more common to see people share our like um, the one of the videos that you're going to show has been played on uh, YouTube 600,000 times. And it's mostly from people just sharing it. You know, I mean, people in Brazil and people in Mexico and like, wow, you know, they're sharing our video. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's amazing. And, you know, I think it, I think it, it, it speaks a lot to the, the other part. Obviously you guys are performers and songwriters and, you know, uh, you can do this stuff on a technical level, but, you know, I, I see you putting information out there, you know, that's helpful, that that really delivers value to people too, right? Not just for entertainment, but to, you know, kind of be informed and in, in how, how you think through the industry. Um, since you mentioned that video, it seems like a good time to play it. What do you think? Sounds good. <laughs> it's so important. Like consistency is so important with social media and also just being on those like other social media platforms where not everyone maybe has heard of yet, but the thing is, is there's so much more reach in those other platforms. If you can, you know, get to a good position, it might be easier for you to get that music out there than Facebook or Instagram, where it's just so flooded with content. I always assumed with the with the podcast, I guess I learned from the bloggers too and the podcasters, I always assumed that everybody had an iPhone and that that was the worldwide standard. And come to find out that it's not that, you know, most Americans is it's the standard, but across the world is Android. So starting to get things beyond just the Apple, you know, I guess the things that you're familiar with, like you said, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the basics when there are. Appreciate it. I was about to say for platforms, I would I always say uh, go to your favorite because that. It helps uh, most people, but I can tell you we're on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, Blogger, Pinterest, Bandcamp, SongTrader, Hyped It, Mix, BitChute, LinkedIn, Facebook, Blog Loving, SoundCloud. We have an email list, Vimeo, Medium, Reverb Nation, and 8Tracks. You guys um, are not playing around. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear that. It's super inspiring. It really and also, is. And, and also, I think... Um, you know, the email list, I love to hear about your guys' email list too, because like, like we talked about, you know, F- Facebook, Instagram, all these social media platforms, they're constantly changing the algorithm. They're constantly, it's constantly harder and harder and harder to break through. Um, 
So having that email list, actually having something that you own, contact information where you can reach out to your fans, um, that's a game changer. So great, great to hear that. And then if people want to, to have a regular information about how they can build their own, again, the Be The Next DIY Rockstar Facebook group is where we drop, like when I was trying to redo the video, I put anything that I found that was a tutorial that would help you guys make a lyric video the same way we make a lyric video. So the things that we're doing, we share with you guys. Yeah, that's amazing. I love I love your, your sense of uh, the community. And uh, we're super, super lucky to, you know, be able to get in a room with you guys, a virtual room, that is. <laughs> uh, I really hope that, uh, you know, when when the some of these uh, orders are lifted and we can once again uh, see each other in person, I hope that you guys will come out to the studio again. Um, we appreciated you uh, sharing your, your tour of the, the studio and would love to have you back uh, in the podcast room and and for, for some other events that we're going to be planning in the future. But I uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time today and uh, just just sharing with our audience and your audience uh, all the great things you're doing. Well, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you for you having, for having us. us. For sure. Again, uh, Projipi Music Group, Blooming Projipi. Uh, you can find them on just about every platform in the world. That was a little of the interview that we live streamed on April 5th during the coronavirus crisis yeah. quarantine. Um, don't forget, while this craziness is going on, you should be working on developing your online network. Um, and again, that's kind of how we started with Grove Studios was we just were interacting with their post and their page online. And eventually... Uh, when everything closed down, they weren't able to have us in to do a talk. Right. So they started their live streaming weekly yeah. and they asked us to be guests. So, yeah. again, there are things that you can do. And if you're not sure what you can do, check out the previous episode. We give you some ideas. Oh, we also partnered with the Triple Threat Artist for the oh, yeah. uh, Quarantine Playground Song Challenge. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we're doing things on that too. Yeah, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's been intriguing. Yeah, and and I we always kind of looked at uh, Zion from afar, you know, knowing the work that he was doing. So it's really nice to partner with other songwriters. Yeah, yeah, it's been you fun. know yeah. um, online virtually in a way that yeah. works for us and see how you know because there's just certain ideas that are thrown out there to say, hey, you know, do a song with just eight bit or whatever eight bit or we or had the like one that. the kitchen uh, challenge sound, kitchen yeah. sounds sound sound it's right. Yeah. To so, see what different people do with yeah, these the same, yeah, with the know, same, same idea, and, and how diverse, yeah, you know, the ideas are that come out. So it's it's yeah. really it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, and uh, we wanted to invite you to join us in a group of like-minded creative individuals in the Be the Next DIY Rockstar Facebook group. The link is below. What else? Uh, I think that's all I have. You have anything else? Uh, we're working on our funk album. Yeah, we're we're almost that. done. Yeah. And we're really excited about it. So as soon as it's out, you'll be the first to know. Yeah. If you dig the vibe, be sure to subscribe. We're wishing you love, peace, and chicken grease. Mm-hmm.